0: This week's episode of Probably Science is brought to you by The Great Courses Plus, offering Probably Science listeners a free month of unlimited access if you visit thegreatcoursesplus.com slash probably. Science.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome to Probably Science. I'm Matt Kirshen. I'm Andy Wood. Uh, sorry we had a few days off. Um, Andy's been busy with a new job.
0: Here. it's I haven't had um time off work since January which is a blessing and a curse these days feels more cursed it's very weird
1: it's an odd one it's an odd one but uh i I'm glad let's just jump straight into this let's let's introduce our guest because again there's been a run recently of guests that I'm like I can't believe we haven't had this person yet
2: because uh, um no I was only finally. slightly angry you hadn't invited me all these years <laughs>
1: <laughs> well I was just thinking like finally the comedy world has a guy called Matthew with a mathematics degree. Finally, there is—it's <laughs> <laughs> Matthew Brassard. Uh Not not only a guy called Matthew with a mathematics degree, but also who is athletic and swims. You're, you're basically the middle of the Venn
2: diagram of the two of us. To <laughs> say my middle name is Euclid, no. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, uh, I share course. a lot with both of you that I don't share with many swim uh, with many sorry Freudian flip with many comedians. I can't share swimming with many comedians. I can't share math with many comedians. And, yeah, we were brief. Uh, those are my mates. We were we, Golden yeah. Road. Those are like my two favorite things: swimming and math are my two favorite things outside of comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a very it's boring person. Cr-
0: criminal that we have. Yeah. Yeah, you are. You are dating and maybe engaged to a competitive. Sport? Everyone thinks
2: that just dating. Oh,
0: okay. Sorry. Okay.
2: Uh, yeah, pro swimmer, a two twenty three long course two hundred breast stroker.
0: Damn, that's quick.
2: Isn't that a yeah 205, 205 short course just fifty eight
0: short, short course yards or meters?
2: Short course, short course yards, yards. Is a two, yeah. We yeah, have quite a record, uh, but like yeah, like a fifty eight low in the hundred breast, which was the slower of two. Those are any shoes.
0: anything under if anyone's ever broken a minute in the hundred breast short course yards, that's super impressive, it's male wicked, or female, yeah. in my book. Yeah, yeah.
2: And now someone broke fifty. Um,
0: Wait, really? Oh, a dude did, right?
2: Yeah, well, uh, two. I Obviously. think Ian Infinity and uh, Caleb Dressel broke fifty. Who's God, not even he, a breast he, joker. What a freak! He almost,
0: he almost graduated with uh, records in the hundred of every stroke, didn't he? Oh, yeah.
2: So yeah. No, not the backstroke. He never got the backstroke.
0: Yeah, I see. He was close. He, he did. Yeah, I think he so, was. So uh, like, uh, within... sorry. With... This is super dorky. <laughs> I
2: mean, they're they're num- numerically related, so
0: yeah. Have
1: either of you done a swimming episode of the
2: Dark Forest? Has anyone done that? Ooh! I offered to. Actually, I reached out to Jackie about it, and I haven't done it yet.
1: You, you two should team up on that. I did, um, I did an episode, a joint episode with friend of the show Mike Kaplan, uh, about uh, a month ago. She's now doing, because now they're all over Zoom and remote recordings. Right. What was y'all's topic? We did uh,
2: advice columns
1: nice
2: <laughs> i love mike i love jackie yeah they're both great both people comedy, yeah both friends wait of the Matt, show. both multiple friends of the
0: show, i believe you're both obsessed with reading advice columns or giving yep. advice
1: yep no reading
2: advice <laughs> that's columns. all we need to know about that we can move on
1: yeah <laughs> kidding. If, you want, if you want to what? find out more about that you can listen to the Dork forest episode from about a month ago well, uh, I mean, give
0: me, give me a tease. Is it a thing that, like, gives, gives you that same ASMR response of listening to people explain things in stupid detail? No,
1: it doesn't give me that. It just, it just gives me a kind of like, it's, it's problem solving. It's, you get a brief sense of superiority over people. You, okay. you get to enjoy, you get to enjoy the thrill. I've talked about this on the show before. The thrill of when someone writes into an advice column to, uh, to be like, how do I deal with this asshole neighbor? And they get told that they're the prick. Like that's oh, yeah. that's one of my favorite things. So they're like, and then she did this, and then she did that, and then the vice columnist has to be like, yeah, that was all perfectly reasonable behaviour in <laughs> response to you lunatic, uh, and you need to apologise to your daughter right now. Um, yeah. So there's the co- there's that. <laughs> uh, there's the kind of like, I don't know. There's 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 a sort of same. Pleasure you get out from watching like a detective show where you're like, what's the answer going to be? I guess <laughs> you get to read it and you're like, you're like, Oh, have I got it right? Have I interpreted the situation correctly? <laughs> right. Not that there is a, a correct a right or wrong answer in the same way, but you're like, am I, am I going to think that the the right thing to do in this scenario is the same thing that the advice columnist is? And then the comment is underneath in the, um, on the article comments. Uh, so yeah. That's got to be gold. And if you want to listen to about an hour of, Mike and I discussing this with Jackie, then check out that episode from a month ago.
0: I will, but I just want to get the the brief synopsis. What is the high and the low as far as like um dear Abby to Dear Prudence to what you know, who are the what are the extremes of oh, quality? I,
1: I, I I don't know, I bounced around a bit, but um but my favorite generally is is Dear Prudy in Slate.
0: Yeah. Which That's a pretty good one.
2: Yeah, which has, as of a comedy. couple of years
0: ago,
1: a newer writer who I prefer.
2: Yeah, I did comedy for one of the famous ones.
0: Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. A live version
2: of it? Uh, live comedy back in the day. let no, no, I
0: mean a live version of an advice, advice column?
2: Oh, no, no, no. She was just an audience member who someone called out as being like, dear, whichever the like really famous one is, Dear Abby or something.
0: The, dear Abby is a pretty one? famous one. That's one of the classics. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, it was one of those types of people.
0: Um oh you did ke- she was in the audience you're saying.
2: Yes, sorry, yes. Oh okay,
0: okay. I was trying to figure audience
1: out is really- Oh, I, I see what you mean. I thought I thought there was a question that specifically related to comedy. You know sometimes they'll bring in uh if it's a little bit out of their comfort zone, they'll bring in a, I don't, I don't know what the answer is, so I asked this person who is who has this relevant job. Uh, so I was wondering if that was fine. the case.
2: Um That'd be
1: fine. Matthew, we like yes. to ask our guests before we get into Deep into the episodes, what if anything, if anything at all, is your background in science and/or mathematics?
2: <laughs> uh, applied math degree with a lot of classes in mechanical engineering. Uh, my father was a PhD chemist. My mother had a master's in microbiology, cell immunology. Grew up with uh, periodic tables as dinner placemats. Um, <laughs> I'm not a fan of science. I like math for the sake of math. Science can oh. be fun. But I, I, I love physics the most because it was the raw application of numbers. Uh, I get more I get less passionate when it moves into application. There's some science I do enjoy I mean um, I enjoy reading about science, but
1: that that's interesting. that's that, I, I don't think we've had an answer like that before. so because so for you is, is it it really is about the puzzle and about the yeah. the unraveling logic?
2: Yeah, the way it all works out. There's something beautiful. It feels like, you know, like a good script when everything ties together. Feels like that, but like it just is. It's not. It's it's a a crazy thing. I often think, but like even if the, like I don't know if I believe in God, but God couldn't contradict these rules. These are laws, not of this reality, but every reality. And right. and I find that so cool that things can just come together. Things like e to the i x equals cosine plus i sine x is is. How many characters come back for the season finale and all 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 play a part and it all cancels out in such a simple form? Um, things like that. They're, they're really exciting. The way it can build up so big and then so much falls out and then it goes from so messy to so perfect. Um, it, it's as captivating as a human drama to me when it's good.
1: That's... That That's great, and does make sense with what I know of your brain, both from, you know, we've had various mathematics conversations, and, you know, we've been at a gig together where you've you pulled out a notepad and been like, hey, look at this cool thing that I just discovered.
2: That <laughs> <laughs> happened once, but yeah, I found yeah. something cool, yeah. Um, One more
0: time than it's ever cool happened formula. in my life.
2: You, yeah, yeah
1: you, you are the only, you, you are easily the only uh, comedian that has ever shown me a piece of interesting mathematics at a gig in a green room. <laughs>
2: It's but, it's very rare to meet other people with a passion for mathematics. It's it's widely hated. I don't understand that.
1: I I think it's you- it I we've we've talked It this come up on the show quite a bit, but I think it's because quite often it's widely mistaught. I agree. It's it's taught in ways that are just boring and functionary and it just like I, I think I, I mentioned um on the show a few years back that a-, a while ago, I was dating someone who had a middle school aged kid, and I just ended up having to help him with his mathematics homework one day. And it was just dull. It was an exhausting. Cause it was all, um, he, they were doing like, um, slope intersect stuff with, uh, with linear equations. And it was just all straight line equations and various Permutations of like, if we give you the formula, what where does it cross the axes, or what's the equation mm-hmm. of the line that goes through these two points, uh, and all, all variants of that. That's and what's the what's the gradient, what's the slope of the line, it, all, all variants of that. But he he had from the way he was being taught, he had no understanding, like not a clue what was going on underneath it. Like he had right. no idea why he was manipulating any of these formulae in these ways, and and why, or even even how an equation of y equals 3x plus 6 or whatever why that translates into a straight line and why why that be- gives you that line and what that means and and why the number before the x is the gradient and why the other the the number by itself gives you how high or low it is in it, it, it he, none of that was intuitive it was all just he might as well have been a factory worker where he'd been given mm-hmm. this list of instructions. And it's just like, when, when I say this, you press this button. When that comes there, you do that. It, it, was, it was just training him to just be the mo- Like, it was just robotics. It was just this, you do this and this and this in this order, and then you write down the number you get there. And, yeah. if, you make a mi- and if you make a mistake at any point, you have no idea of why you've made a mistake because you have no understanding of what's going on underneath it. So it's just like, I either got the right answer or I didn't, and I guess I either get the point or I don't. And it, it, it and I can yeah. see why. If it's been taught like that, and, you're, and you don't have any understanding underneath, of, of course you hate the subject. Because it's just a, a lesson where a confusing series of instructions are barked at you, and you have to follow them, and then you get told you did it wrong.
2: <laughs> it's just
1: <Yes>. miserable.
2: <laughs> right, and there's no, even when you get it right, there's no click. For me, if you have an intuitive guess as where a problem is going and then you land somewhere near there but with yeah. more understanding, it feels it feels like a, a, a you had this fog over your prediction and it pulled back and everything was where it should be. I had a similar thing I was teaching linear algebra and that's a really cool subject. That was most of my degree. And uh, working through the student, there were there was just you know, you learn these really rote operations, things you can do, how you do it. You, you, just like you linear take,
1: algebra, that's all sort of matrices and vectors and
2: yes, like eigenvalues, values, value.
1: eigenvectors and that kind
2: Yeah. The biggest thing is learning linear independence, what linear independence means, which is like the matrix just looks like a, just a bunch of numbers. But what, you, what they fail to show is what you need to think about is vectors are a way of getting around space. And if you have two vectors that point in the same direction, then you can only go along that. But if they go in slightly different directions, then you can go anywhere in the two dimensions of those. Or if it's three dimensions, you can move in three. All you need is three dimensions. But if they if they connect, if they land on all three vectors land on the same plane, then you're limited where you can go. That's all to do with like range, and that becomes linear independence, null space, invertibility. Um, rank of, of dimension, those are all one concept in my mind. Now that I've learned all these things, it's like you're learning all these terms on these processes. You're learning one idea. There's one idea, and it needs to be heavily visualized in order to be taught. But like, it can't be to,
0: visualized beyond oh, three dimensions. I mean it can in the first yeah. three dimensions, but the rest you have to be like, well, now we can't visualize it, but just the rules you had for the first three dimensions. You keep could. Playing, so like –
2: I disagree. I spent a lot of time thinking about this recently. You can do four dimensions if you think of a fourth dimension as, as like some sliding scale, as like time. It's a plane right. that moves along a vector through time. But even then, it's harder to mention. Like hyperplanes are very difficult. But you could still attempt to do that. And you can show the, one, the two-dimensional case and the three-dimensional case and show how it, it all breaks down. But you should be showing visualizations of vectors that you can rotate in your hand and see what it means. And how come three? Why three coplanar vectors can't go everywhere?
0: Why uh, three coplanar vectors? Oh, because they're just together. Yeah,
2: yeah, one plane, so you can't move off of that plane. Yeah, and that's understanding that concept unlocks about three fourths of linear algebra. <laughs> and then the rest is eigenvalues.
0: Well, here's here, yeah. Well, then what? Uh, what about people who literally can't? picture things. Like it's just so interesting when you find out how different someone else's brain works yeah. from yours. And if what if someone doesn't have I don't know if this would be related to we've talked about um an, a, aphasia? What, what aphantasia? I, forget, I always forget yes. what it's called. Yeah. Aphantasia. People who don't have a a mind's eye, sort of. So if if they can't picture, like I'm picturing three coplanar vectors and the plane that they sit in. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you can't picture that, it doesn't matter well, the, if you're shown it and like
2: here's the thing. I with tutoring there are videos out there on YouTube that do visualiz- dazzling visualizations, things that I, I couldn't even, I wasn't even able to put that in my head. Spending many years picture it, they show it on the page, and you're like, oh, that's that explains it perfectly.
1: See, this is an interesting one as well, because you, you're a little younger than me, and when I was doing my degree, and certainly high school, like YouTube did not exist.
2: Right. Certainly- I, did, I had Wikipedia articles to do my homework.
1: Yeah, wow. Wikipedia didn't exist either. I think Wikipedia was when was
0: Wikipedia founded? Uh, well, the World Wide Web didn't exist when I was in high school, so yeah.
1: Books. It was just. It was just. You. It was just under. People would sit under a tree and pass on the knowledge <laughs> from person to person. Right. Yeah. Um, okay, so Wikipedia started towards the end of my degree, and. Uh, but even still, it would have been a relatively minimal website. And then YouTube. Let me let me see. I think YouTube. Uh, yeah, YouTube did. Two thousand five,
0: right? Yeah,
1: a few years after I graduated. And even then, it was it was a while after YouTube started before they started to have independently produced things like these mathematical visualizations. It was mostly at first just, "Hey, here's me on holiday." And yeah, right. And By the way, I guess.
0: The web technically started in '89, so I was wrong. I, I assumed it was like '94 or something.
2: That's when it went mainstream.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, um, yeah, I, 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 don't know though. It, it is different. I'm sure there are, there must be some really good mathematicians with who have aphantasia. But I wonder if they end up falling into different branches of mathematics, like, because but then again, every branch of mathematics there's a certain amount of visualization. It's very interesting.
2: I consider it my greatest asset as a mathematician is my ability to hold things and rotate them in my brain a little bit. And that's, I started sculpting really young. I think that helps, but to be able to to hold a fairly complex image in my mind and manipulate it, um, just to at least have an idea of a problem, I, I would be really impressed.
0: You do some amazing figure sculpting with, with Sculpey. Do you still do that a lot during quarantine?
2: I've been doing that more. Yeah. I've been trying to make my own characters.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, some like really Rick and fun. Morty characters and Pokemon. Yeah. And,
2: uh, yeah, a lot of yeah. Pokemon.
0: How do you? So, if I, I'm guessing I can't start that at my age and ever get any kind of proficiency, you, uh, you could or?
2: you could get there. It would just take a long time. And a lot of my improvement has been just being an adult. I started so young that I can't track what was me building skill and me just being um, having a more functional brain. Right. But uh, patience is, is sculpting, the skill with sculpting is patience. Of, of not rushing to anything, not trying to do too much, because once it's, it's all about, like, it's almost like carving, where you have to just, if, if you rush too fast, you'll fuck something up and uh,
0: yeah.
2: um, not be able to undo it, um, and keeping things clean. But there is some creativity. There's some almost, like, engineering problem-solving levels where it's, like, if, if a creature has, like, wings, to get the structure of the wings to even hold up, f- f- clay just folds. And... Right. Yeah, you have to have it. and You have to have it. Make sure it sticks, adheres to the wire, and then adding different colors in different places and and and, and smoothing out joints. You have to do the, the procedure. Um. Yeah. I just performance reduced my computer's overheating. That's so weird. What's going on?
0: Ooh. Um, Is our recording? You
2: should try matter? sculpting. Just buy some clay.
0: I, you know, I might, whatever. as like, like I said, once I get some free time for, <laughs> from work, I feel a little bit, I've, I've missed out on, I know quarantine is awful and COVID is awful, but like, you know, I want I want some sourdough time. I want, I want to have the experience. Everyone else has already moved well past and into, um, you know, overthrowing governments. But um yeah, I don't know. The sculpting window might have closed on this quarantine thing. That's funny.
1: Yeah, just, just when everyone's like <laughs> burning down Parliament, you're <laughs> <just> <laughs> yes. marching on Congress
0: with... With Can someone loan me some torches, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs>
2: just, look yeah that's I just so think. 2000 and late. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So, um, what else have you done with your quarantine time, Matthew?
2: I've yeah learned some math. I've uh, started taking a little, uh, reading a little bit of complex analysis, uh, sculpted and exercising, writing a little bit, and then tutoring. I guess that's most of it. Wildly wow. inefficient with my time.
0: Are you you like advertising? How are you getting tutoring gigs?
2: I'm doing volunteer tutoring.
0: Oh, that's you're such um, a good person. Like
2: Jesus. No, I'm just too lazy to sign up for the professional version.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> i I'd feel that get... I'd
2: have to like actually like way be we way, way more like professional about it, like research ahead and
0: You'd be surprised. I did it on Craigslist for a year or so back in like 2007, And uh turns yeah. out people don't ask a lot of questions. I just sent a resume and they trusted that I wasn't lying. And,
2: Yeah, I do want to – I am signing up for it now because I don't know when I'm making money again. Right,
0: right. Yeah. Have you Uh, swum at all?
2: uh, I did one swim this week, yes. But I haven't been swimming in years. Shoulder just recovered from surgery. Oh, okay. I I was so bad at it. We just did sets of like 50s and 75s and it felt like I was doing 200s. It was – oh, my body just doesn't want to do – Yeah, there's so many little muscles that are so weak. You can lift weights and exercise, but like the swimming muscles, you can't keep them in
0: shape. Yeah. 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 How about you? um, No, our team just finally started practice up again a week or two ago, but I'm I'm in Joshua Tree. But if and when I go back to L.A., I'm like, do I even want to go? Because I'm assuming when pools reopened, it was with an understanding that it was like recreational use of a pool where you could just kind of keep your distance. But I don't know if the people opening pools – Think about the fact that, like, as you're doing sets, you're fine, but as you're all waiting at the end of the lane for the next set to start, you're just breathing right in each other's faces. And there's no, right. way, yeah, around. You there's could, no way around that. So
2: you could smell if people have been drinking the night before. I remember yeah. that in college. Yeah. yeah.
0: So it's probably kind of a worst case when you're at the end of the lane, unless you're just hanging on the lane line and keeping your distance. But I, I don't know. I don't know if I'll do it when I go back. We'll see.
2: The team I saw doing it, they would. Each, you would have half the lane start on one side and half the lane start on the
0: other. Oh, Okay, that makes sense.
2: Which was terrifying because you, it means you had people catching up faster. Yeah, 15, 20 seconds for the last person to get off the wall.
1: Right, right. Um, before Sorry, get, Matt, you were in, I was going to say before we get into the stories this week, we do have, uh, there's been a few emails, including a couple of corrections. Uh, this one came as a, a comment on probably science.com. We occasionally get people sending us messages through that method. This is from Stephen Doyle. When I was uh, in the Jake Johansson episode, I was talking about uh, trying to prevent our cat from attacking us, and uh, and Stephen Doyle has said, "I'm sure you'll get messages messages about this." Stephen is wrong. He is the only one. Uh, so message singular, uh, but negative reinforcement doesn't mean punishment. In fact, a punishment is more likely to be positive reinforcement. Positive means you're adding something. Negative means you're taking away or emitting something. And You know
0: you know what's funny is I did note that when it happened because I had read through the script for that show. Matt and I both wrote for a thing called Celebrity Substitute that's now on YouTube. And uh, one of the scripts was for um, one of the celebrities, Camila Mendez from Riverdale, wanted to teach... Uh, psychology and, and motivation so there was a section on reinforcement and I just read a script that explicitly stated that point that like negative reinforcement isn't what you think but who's going to stop a podcast to uh, <laughs> be like that's not what that means
2: excuse me excuse me I'd like to uh, correct <laughs> something here but
1: yeah uh, also apparently they made the same ep- error on the Big Bang Theory at some point uh,
2: Although it- sorry what's the error can you explain the error again
1: so so we we were talking last week about how um trying to train a cat uh and cats cats essentially don't respond to punishment they don't you know you can you can berate a dog and they learn that they don't like that they don't like being told off and they don't and they start to not do that but you can only train a cat by doing things that they like when they are doing when they're doing the good behavior Uh, Okay. And I misspoke and said that was positive versus negative reinforcement, but it isn't. Uh, So, for example, like um, shouting at a child is is positive reinforcement because you are actively doing something, Uh,
0: as opposed to removing something, omitting something, taking something away.
1: Taking away their toys is negative
2: reinforcement. Got it. Okay. It's it's just adding and removing.
1: Yes. So it's as opposed to like positive, I like this; negative, I dislike this.
2: Okay, what about multiplicative and exponential reinforcement? <laughs>
1: um, by the way, I'm... Please like...
2: excuse my my dear aunt Chew toy or, or whatever.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: My very... Uh, <laughs> um, but, wait, wait, what was the joke there? Oh, that's uh, the, the order of operations? Is that, yeah, mm-hmm. brackets,
1: orders. Oh, okay. oh except you, you have different rhymes because you call them bra- parentheses rather than brackets. What do you call yours? It's brackets, so it's bod mass what, do you, what do you call,
0: mass. what do you call brackets then?
2: Square brackets. Oh, <laughs> okay. But you said pod mass? We say PEMDAS. We, we PEMDAS. Bod.
0: Yeah. Power, bod. multiplication, B- division, addition, subtraction.
2: Brackets, order,
1: multiplication, division, uh, addition, subtraction. I guess we should Wait, say... Order
2: is for
0: exponents?
1: Yeah, as into the order of.
0: So we should we say. Do not
1: p-
2: use that
1: word. And also sometimes
0: p- big mass for indices,
1: indexes.
2: Indices. Say p- I say indices.
1: Yeah. Wait, what's indices? That's also order. That's also exponentials. I'm Wait,
0: sorry. in the that PIM in the PIMDAS one, the P is for power, right, or is it for print? It's for power. That's we assume parentheses. 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 But parentheses, then the audience.
2: exponents. Oh. P- multiplication, p- division, addition, subtraction.
0: P E M. I thought it was P M D A S, and it was just power. Oh no. Okay. Yeah, please
2: excuse my dear Aunt Sally. Bodmas. Uh, do you yeah. have a? You have a device for it? Do You have an. Uh,
1: uh there probably a is but there probably is some mnemonic but i we always i just remember BODMAS. mass that's yeah. just stuck in my head for 35 years um but uh yeah so i i apologize i was wrong about the way in which we are failing to train our cat and also i'm currently <laughs> recording with a cut across my face <laughs> because, <laughs> because he's like jason me. momoa i i seriously look like i've got a dueling scar right now <laughs> like he full on we that's took him to awesome. the to the groomers this morning i got his nails clipped they weren't open before but um he got a nail clipping today and it was long overdue because two nights earlier he put a gash down the side of my face <laughs> so there we go that's what i'm dealing Good with in dog. quarantine you are make andy's andy's working on a tv show uh Matthew is making elaborate three-dimensional models and helping kids through high school, and I'm trying to
0: wrangle a feral cat. <laughs> that's what I... Oh, sp- speaking of TV... <laughs> oh, we did get a cat, to- cat. Oh, really?
2: During this, yeah. He's lovely. How-
0: how's that going? It's good?
2: Yeah, his name's Password.
0: <laughs> excellent. Are you just going to get rid of him as soon as COVID's over?
2: Yes, yes, that's the Okay,
0: <laughs> excellent, excellent. Are um, uh, you were saying? Quick, quick TV digression. Uh, the Great Debate, the show that... Um, TJ, friend of the show, TJ Chambers runs and that I wrote for and that Matt is a guest on, um, just premiered last week. And there's another episode tomorrow night on sci fi. It's Thursdays at 11 on sci fi. And particularly, you should watch the one airing June 25th tomorrow because I make a cosplay cameo that I'm sure I will never be able to uh, live down. But
2: um, yay, new
1: profile oh, picture. I didn't, know that. I, I, I didn't I tell you no about idea. that. You got an on camera moment? No, I was oh, again.
0: in. My face will be obscured, but my. Some other parts of my body will not. So I'll uh, <laughs> leave it to the listeners to see if they can spot me on Sci-Fi at, on the Great Debate, eleven o'clock on Thursdays. And then uh, Matt, your episode—I'm not sure when it airs, but uh, within the next six weeks because we only made eight episodes. So,
1: um, should we do a nice little Neanderthal sequencing story, genome yeah. sequencing from Archaeology.org? This is yes. sent in by frequent contributor Justin Broad. Uh, in Leipzig, Germany according to a statement released by the Max Planck Institute for Evolutionary Anthropology. A third Neanderthal genome has been sequenced by a team of researchers led by Fabrizio Mafesioni. Maff- Excellent name. The first yeah. sequenced genome belonged to a Neanderthal whose 40,000-year-old remains were found in Croatia's Vindija Cave, while the second came from a Neanderthal <coughs> individual whose remains were found in Siberia also in a cave, and dated to about 120,000 years ago. Holy shit. This DNA sample came from a fem- female Neanderthal re- remains dated between 80,000 and 60,000 years ago that were recovered from the yet again a cave, the uh, Chagiriskaya cave, which is located in Russia's uh, Atalai Mountains. Uh, pretty near to the Denisova cave where, in Siberia, where the second one was found. So, her ancestors are likely to have lived in groups that were smaller and more isolated than Neanderthals who lived elsewhere, explained the researchers, and she was more closely related to the Neanderthals living in Croatia than those who lived 40,000 years earlier in the same region. Mafesioni said the study therefore supports the idea that Neanderthal populations from the West probably replaced Siberia's Neanderthal population. Researchers also detected more changes in genes expressed during adolescence in the area of the brain that coordinates planning, decision making, motivation, and reward perception than in other areas of the brain. These genes may have been affected by small population size or other factors.
0: Wow! Oh, cool.
1: And uh, hang on a second. This looks like this is. You... Oh, oh, that that's all right. I, this is a new story, but it says for more information, go to Decoding Neanderthal Genetics. One of archaeology's top ten discoveries of twenty fourteen. So that would have been the first one that they they decoded.
0: Oh, okay. So the third, and this wait, this one is one hundred twenty thousand years, or this one was no. 80 this one to 60. is
1: eighty. It's a middling age. Yeah. The just eighty to sixty thousand. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a you know, it's middle aged. It's <laughs> you know, the, the the first one was a baby in the anthropological terms. The old the uh, the second one was an old man uh, or oh, sorry an old woman rather. And this one's more like middle age, you know, just trying to work out what to do with her life. Just is, bought
0: a Mustang, or okay, it's a woman, so I I don't know what the female equivalent of buying a Mustang. It's a pink would Mustang. Be. Okay, and got
1: bangs. I don't know.
0: <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah got bangs.
1: Joining just just joining different exercise
2: classes to see <laughs> some sticks. Reading a lot of self help books.
0: I wonder when the first um, hair cutting tools were. When any kind of hair. Trimming became a thing for pre-humans. Because I'm sure wow. as soon as you're banging rocks together, you can figure out a way to like bang off the ends of your hair if it gets annoying. Yeah. But I wonder when bang I wonder when bangs basically I want to know when bangs uh, first existed. And if there could be could have been some like adorable Neanderthal with like very straight across
1: Yeah. And what, what came first? Like Benny the first Page Neanderthal bangs. bangs or the first um like Neanderthal ukulele? Like when did <laughs> right. <laughs> when were they developed in relation to each other?
0: When, when After was the a breakup. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> I, do like-
2: I don't understand about DNA. Is that I thought we discovered it has a pretty severe half-life that would not allow us to clone things from more than a few thousand years ago? How are they sequencing DNA? Like, unless they have just so much DNA, so many different DNA strands. Uh, that they can sequence a bunch of them and figure out where the errors are. If I had like a yeah, half life.
0: DNA's um, half life is 521 years, apparently. So, yeah, I know it's not going to have much. Yeah.
2: Right. That'd be massively depleted if if it functions the same way.
0: And I don't um, know how it functions.
1: So, here we go from the article from half a decade earlier. Um. The raw genetic code is only half the story, just as important as epigenetics features the genome that determines which genes are active and which are
2: inactive. Um, yeah. I'm sure I, I understood d- that better. Epigenetics seems so cool. But it's also weirdly being co-opted by uh, um, monsters. Pe- people who want to... Have you heard of, Lys- I think it's called lysenkoism.
1: No, is, what is, is that, that? You become, should do a that... whole
2: episode of it. Is that um, becoming a werewolf? Yes. Yeah, that does sound a lot like. I might be getting the name slightly wrong, but it was it was Russian uh, or, or, or Soviet scientists who denied the outright denied the idea of evolution because it so went in the face of communism of everyone being equal. Said that any yeah. person, no matter their genetic code, could adapt to their environment due to a power of will. And they basically were like were arbitrarily examples here everything like wheat can survive a winter, but like uh, barley cannot. So they were just like, see if we grow barley, it'll survive. If we grow enough barley, it'll survive the winter and become strong like wheat. And it didn't work, and a
0: lot of well, people died. But well, I mean, you find bar- we- barley's lazy, right? We all, <laughs> it we doesn't work. Bar- barley's was the lazy. Lack of yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah,
2: Sorry. <laughs> it was it was this idea, yeah. And it's it's very. I love things like that that happen when you have two sides of a political spectrum, weirdly both agreeing on things. I think uh, if you look at very conservative. Uh, religious people they don't believe in evolution and you look at people on the very far atheist socialist extreme who, who also want to fight the idea of evolution um
0: and epigenetics to... yeah sorry go ahead
2: i feel like epigenetics gives people a thing to be like see it's not all genetics there's actually other but it becomes kind of wishy-washy and hokey pokey making in ter- sense
0: in terms of no i guess can you why it becomes wishy-washy in what way
2: uh people being like using just the broad idea of epigenetics being like see you're not defined by your dna that you can you can very through i guess sheer power of will deny your genetics
0: wait, wait, is epigenetics sort of related to like lamarck lamarckianism i could be getting Lamarckism. epigenetics wrong is it What's about epigenetic? uh let's see according to nature.com it involves genetic control by factors other than an individual's dna sequence so just right. about like switching right. things on and off, not about, but not about like if I work out hard enough, I'm going to give birth to a muscular baby. It's not like Lamarck's um, – People
2: think th- people. Oh, that then that's what I'm talking. Whatever you, whatever that is, I've seen that kind of come up.
0: Oh yeah, I think that's. I think the guy's name was Lamarck, who had a you know a different view from Darwin of of you know basically you can make changes to your genome in the course of your life through things that you do, and those will be passed on. So
2: yes, yes, which. Yeah. I guess there are examples of I just haven't seen it being that compelling or just seems like such a small drop against like overall how it's crazy how much DNA defines
0: right in, right. in
2: any creature. Yeah. We uh, yeah, I mean, humans I'm have sure. the ability to really much, very much overcome them, but we don't change the DNA underneath in, in the process.
0: Yeah. Lamarckism is definitely a pseudoscience or a non-science. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure there's not any version of it that, uh, yeah, about passing on physical characteristics of the parent organism acquired through use or disuse during their lifetime. It's not- that's what
2: I'm talking about. That's exactly what you like. I don't think that's as, I think that probably does exist, but not as much as
0: people would. No, no, it doesn't. To. It doesn't. No. Oh, really? Doesn't. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, um, a, it's a, pseudoscience that was, yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. So what, what you've been chatting about that? I've been trying to look up how exactly they sequence DNA of such old degraded, um, uh, molecules. And you're, you're right. There is a huge degradation, uh, but it, it looks like they base... From what I can see uh, pro- from just jumping around a few different articles, it looks like even though any given DNA strand would be wildly degraded, they can still pick out little bits of DNA and also little bits of proteins. Uh And from that, they can... From many, many different molecules. And from that, they can mathematically reconstruct the whole genome eventually. Uh, wow. Using also... Uh, I think, various different uh, modeling and techniques also, because they also have to um, make sure they're not picking up any uh, sort of foreign contaminations, DNA from bacteria, or whatever, that also lives inside the organism.
2: Right. Um There's so much of the bacteria in our body isn't our I mean, so much of the DNA in our body isn't our own.
1: Yes. So it looks like even under the best preservation conditions, this is according to the Wikipedia article, there is an upper boundary of between 0.4 and one and a half million years for a sample to contain sufficient DNA for contemporary sequencing technologies.
0: So and we're never getting dinosaurs back.
1: Yeah. We're, we're, but that's the other thing, is we, we're sort of, as far as I can tell, we, we're we're never getting a full DNA molecule. What you're getting is thousands and thousands of bits of thousands and thousands of molecules. And you are then reconstructing what one of those molecules must have looked like
0: okay that um, makes sense bigger question yeah. is, is it Neanderthal or Neander- Neanderthal and are you just a dick who's are you just a pedant if you say Neanderthal even if it is right
1: uh, I don't know we've had this conversation before on the show and I cannot remember what the actual correct answer is
0: I think it's fine I,
2: if you want to sound smarter, say tall I say. right yeah, didn't is what do y'all know about Neanderthals?
0: Not a lot. Um, I forgot. Did did Jesse ever get tested, Matt? Did our former? I think or, he did. I think he did discover co-host. that he had a
1: fair amount in him.
2: Jesse uh, who? who? Our, Jesse, Jesse
0: Case, Case our, our, oh, our yeah. theoretically our third host, but who is uh, on a five-year hiatus in Nashville. <laughs> Jeez.
2: Um. I read something, and this could be, I don't take this as fact, as with everything I say, that Neanderthals weren't like savage and brutal. They were actually more peaceful and tranquil, and that the pre humans who became us came in and destroyed them, came in and wiped them out, and, and I think procreated with them a little bit, which is why we carry some of their DNA. But we made it sound like they were the out- outside savages, and we were and right. we were the ones who, who won against them. It was it was more the other way around.
1: Yeah, I believe that is the case. History is written by the winners, mm-hmm. not the bangs wearers.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um,
0: so go ahead. No, what were you gonna say, Andy? Well, I had another story uh, that ties in with. A friend of the show, I was like, should maybe we should wait until we actually have this person on, but whatever. It won't be as recent. Um we got an email from a listener named Hunter Reese about a comedian who applied for a job at NASA and received a rejection letter. Matt, did you see this yet?
1: I saw the That's email. Fun. I didn't realize it was a friend of ours though.
0: It's Alex Falcone. Yeah. Portland's <laughs> really? own or Los Angeles' zone. Yeah. Yeah. Um so Matthew, did you ever consider yeah, during the Alex. time what's that? You know Alex? Uh, yeah, Matthew, did you did, ever yeah. did you ever consider applying to uh, become an astronaut because of your? I mean, I'm pretty sure if you don't now, there was a time when you did meet the qualifications because of your degree. And um, actually, I don't know if you
2: never uh, thought did, about it.
0: Yeah, we talked about it in early days of this podcast, and then didn't do it. I think Brooks Brooks Whelan, the fir- original third host, uh, and I both technically could have met the criteria. But so yeah, Alex wouldn't you all be too tall? I don't think there's that rule, and if if there is, I'm not that tall. I don't. I don't think I'm. Do I think, think cu- it's
2: like six foot might be the cutoff.
0: No, really? Yeah. Oh yeah!
2: Wow! I could be an astronaut. You, you, you yeah. could. Hang on. Is, it, is uh, it
1: too tall or too tall?
0: <laughs> 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 <That's> <laughs> right. There it is.
2: Okay. Uh, so no, it's not that extreme. A height of between sixty two and seventy five inches. So that's three. tall. Brooks would be at the top of that, but
0: yeah, I don't think Brooks is more than six three. yeah, I mean, that wasn't yeah. the issue. It was laziness and then probably uh, intestinal fortitude. Um, <laughs> but if we gotten that far, yeah. So yes, I guess last week Alex t- this is a tweet thread that bored Panda compiled into an article because that's the world we live in. Uh, so Alex tweets that you may recall that back in March NASA accepted applications to their twenty twenty one class of astronauts. I've been dreaming about this since I was a small child, so I couldn't wait to apply. Sadly, I received bad news this week that my application was not accepted. I've posted the entire rejection letter here in hopes of saving others from the heartbreak of trying to live your dreams. Don't shoot for the stars, because if you miss, you float aimlessly into the cold, dark void until you suffocate. That's funny. So, uh, dear Alexander, we regret to inform you that your application to our astronaut candidate program does not meet our stated qualifications. We normally did not write a detailed response to applications of this type, but there were a few matters you raised in your application that we believe need to be addressed. First and most importantly, you do not meet the minimum requirement of, quote, a master's degree or higher in a relevant field. According to your application, you have seen Masters of the Universe and think that should count. It does not. (laughs) To be generous, (laughs) we looked over your provided transcripts. Yeah. 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 (laughs) To be generous, we looked over your provided transcripts, and it seems you haven't taken a science class since 10th grade chemistry, in which you received a C. You even took the time to note that your teacher that year was an idiot and that doesn't help your case with us. As a personal note, I'd like to suggest that it's not healthy for a person of your age to still take the time to settle scores with high school teachers, but that's beyond the scope of this letter. <laughs> In the section for other relevant skills, you only said that you enjoyed the scene in Apollo 13 where they, quote, made a fucked up air filter out of socks, which is not what happened, and that you, quote, liked space Legos almost as much as the pirate Legos as a kid. Why would you specifically <laughs> mention Lego if the space one wasn't even your favorite? That doesn't make sense. Perhaps you can apply to be a pirate. <laughs> it was completely unnecessary of you to include a, lit- a list on the margins of your, ap- of your application with, quote, reasons to pick me over those nerds. Since the purpose of the application was precisely to show us why we should hire you, and also the very people who are reading this are, quote, those nerds. Uh, (laughs) Even still, your responses were particularly unpersuasive. In future applications to any employer, we advise you to refrain from mentioning that you, quote, have always wanted to poop into a vacuum cleaner. (laughs) As for your physical qualifications, while we no longer require pilot experience, your request that you, quote, always sit in the front seat because I get a little motion sick does not not instill confidence. You use the whole section to order food? Seriously? Uh, Note, I have been instructed to notify you that we do carry, quote, astronaut ice cream. In all our gift shops and online, since that was 90% of the reason you're applying, as you said. Perhaps you can satisfy yourself that way. <laughs> Lastly, we have read your supplemental page of questions for us. And while this is also non standard procedure, out of a, an abundance of generosity, we decided to answer some of them. Number one, uh, no astronauts do not currently get a plus one to the moon. Number two, yes, you would be required to notify your wife if you were going to the moon. I'm sorry she, quote, is a worrier. Uh, Number three, no, we would never agree to your request for, quote, no meetings before noon. Uh, Number four, we have no idea what you mean by, quote, does riding a rocket feel similar to riding a washing machine? Sorry. (laughs) Number five, yes, we are sure there's only one moon. (laughs) Oh, it's more. Number six. No, we do not need your suggestions for new names for our administration. And anyways, we are space ninjas, so suck on that Russia doesn't fit current government naming guidelines. Uh, Number seven. No, we would not be personally hurt if you apply to the Russian space program at the same time. Good luck with that. Uh, Number eight. We cannot and will not respond to the question, quote, can I still jerk it up there? Uh, (laughs) Although we do not have a vision for you to offer you and would appreciate it if you don't apply again. We appreciate you taking the time. We hope your passion for the industry finds a good and safe outlet. Uh, Regards, Lieutenant Benjamin Paradise, Senior HR Manager, National Aeronautics and Space Administration. I have no idea if that's real, but I like it either way. I love
2: it. That's so fun.
0: Uh, Is it real? Is there any chance it's real?
1: Well, at the very least, he wrote either a Mm. very entertaining application letter that got a very entertaining genuine reply, or he wrote a very entertaining fake reply. Either way, I'm happy.
0: Either way, I like it. Yeah. Follow your dreams, but also don't. Yeah.
2: Well we, Astronaut we, never appealed to me. Never, really. Never. It seems scary. I Apollo mean, 13 came out when I was like elementary school. I'm like, well, that just sounds stressful.
0: Right. And there's Challenger in Columbia. Um, yeah, it's a pretty high risk. But what is the actual fatality percentage if you go to space? It's gotta be more. It's obviously it's more than driving a car. But,
1: oh, yeah, because like, it, it definitely has a higher fatality
0: rate. But still, that, that rate would probably be sub-1%, you know, but still comparatively high as risks you take in life go.
2: Yeah, it seems the scary part about it now is there's lower fatality rates, but some weird stuff happens to your body up there.
0: 3.2%! No, you looked up this the fatality rate of space? Yeah,
2: of astronauts.
0: Uh, that's pretty high, 32
1: uh, the more I'm looking at this, by the way, the more sure I am that he faked the whole
2: thing. But I'm still very uh,
0: happy about it.
2: So it, it shows great skill in writing.
0: Yes. And those are yeah. all pro- probably legitimate reasons not to uh, invite someone to space.
1: Yeah. By the way, I'd still do it. I'd still take the uh, the losing even more height than I have. Uh, and also the possible eyesight deterioration and all
2: the other stuff. I thought you get taller. Uh, I thought people came back two inches taller. Two inches?
0: No.
1: Wait, wait, hang on a second. Yeah, it wouldn't affect my height. So you get taller, but then you shrink again over the course of the following couple of months. Sorry, that's why. And you
2: hurt really bad. And someone's hair fell out.
1: Uh, When they came back. But it it is definitely the case. No, like eyebrows. Oh,
0: okay.
1: Like
2: they came back to Earth and their hair all started falling out. Again, not good good data on my part, but...
1: Do you reckon that might have been because of one of the space ghosts that they saw, but they can't discuss the...
0: (laughs) <laughs>
2: secret
1: reasons.
0: Oh, um not to derail this any further, but um secret things just reminded me, quick Tony update. Um Matthew, I have a, I have a strange neighbor here in the desert and um he's prone to bullshittery. Uh he just called me yesterday to say that he's joining a society. And I said, What do you mean, Tony? <laughs> uh, did, I, did I tell you this, Matt? I sent you the, the voicemail, you, you I think. You
1: did. I, 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 I need an update, though, because you told me the beginning of this, and I don't know whether,
0: oh, whether he's achieved his he, aim. He's, he's joining the Illuminati, um, which I'm pretty sure is a secret society. Like, maybe you want to keep that. And actually, after all these voicemails that I sent you, Matt, he told me I can't tell anybody. But like now I, I've switched over from thinking it's funny to actually – being concerned for him so he thinks that he's going to get five hundred thousand dollars and a car delivered to him the car was supposed to be here yesterday and then once he's actually initiated he gets five million dollars and so i pressed him about how this would work where the money would come from from the illuminati to give i'm like so everyone in in the society gets this much money he's like yeah and i said well where does it come from And he said well you know how the government's corrupt and i was like, sure he said uh it's, it's from there so i guess the government And specifically then he said, you know, all the court money. I'm like, no, I don't know what you mean. Is it like when you get like a ticket? I'm like, okay, yes. Like you get a speeding ticket and that goes to the Illuminati. He's like, yeah, you didn't know that. I'm like, no, I didn't know that. (laughs) So I guess all the money that we pay to the government in every way goes to the Illuminati, which then goes to Tony. Um, so he, I, then I I quickly went from being amused to being very concerned because obviously he's being scammed and, uh i asked him how much money as i was like, don't give them any money you haven't given them any money yet right and he said he's already given them fifteen thousand no. dollars so no. yeah, he yeah. Could
1: also be bullshitting about that though like that's i mean
0: it, who knows but i mean i'm trying to help i'm assuming the worst and just trying to help him out and get him to go to the police at this point but like yeah i was like does are there any accents involved and he's like well there's one of the guys he's been talking to is nigerian and i'm like oh tony 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 oh no um not which I'm not trying to stereotype Nigerians, but um, uh, you know, those Nigerians
2: Illuminati. all not in the Illuminati. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so yeah, he told me yesterday that they called him and said the car is five hours away, it's currently in Alabama, and then they had to explain to him what geography is. Yeah,
1: um, unless, unless it's in Alabama on an airship, right? <laughs> said,
0: Tony, that's 2,000 miles. If you drive straight, that's 29 hours. He's like, okay, okay. And then later on, he said, they said it's in Arkansas now. And I was like, so how do you? How are they going to give you the money? Because he doesn't have a bank account or a credit card. And he said, oh, cash. I'm like, how do you get the cash? He's like, oh, the car is going to include a plane ticket, which he then uses to fly to Georgia. Then I had to explain to him, you literally can't fly in a plane with more than ten thousand dollars in cash. It's illegal. You'll get stopped. And the biggest bill that exists is a hundred. So five hundred grand is going to take up a lot of luggage space. It'll be seen. Like I mean, whatever. It's the least of the worries. But like, I'm just trying to show him it. at every turn, all of this is bullshit to stop and go to the police now but um if he's ex- if he actually gets the car tomorrow i'm gonna eat my words and i'm gonna join the illuminati but
1: well you know how we'll you see. could find out more about the illuminati how is how is that you could you could watch or watch and or listen to lecture 12 the illuminati
0: no way court,
1: straight up on uh dr richard b Spence's the real history of secret societies on the Great Courses Plus our good sponsor our fanta- uh, we love them and yes there is a course on darn near everything on the Great Courses Holy Plus Holy shit the, Yeah the the real history of secret societies which like all of the all of the Great Courses Plus courses is a thorough uh multiple lecture course taught by top professionals experts in their field this is within the history uh section of here uh history and uh social science and um yeah, this is a 26-part lecture course on secret societies. Start taking you through through things like the Knights Templar and the Masonic revolutions in America and France, all the way through uh, Hitler's secret societies. Um, it goes through. It is sort of jumping through. It, it takes you through some of the sort of conspiracy theories ones. There's a lecture on debunking the Elders of Zion, which is that anti-Semitic conspiracy theory right, that pops right. up frequently. Um, uh, but also things like the mafia, um, Alistair Crowley, and occultism, and espionage, and uh, yeah, and things like the KKK, uh, and um, uh, yeah, it, this uh, th- th- this th- could the greatly are in
0: there. this could greatly improve Tony's quality of life. I know he doesn't have a computer, but I also know that you can use the Great Courses as a mobile app. So I could just have him sign up for a free trial by going to thegreatcoursesplus.com/probably on his phone. He could. Discover for himself what the Illuminati is and how there's no way they're giving him money. This <laughs> yeah. could actually help my neighbor. Wow. Uh,
1: yeah, p- possibly, possibly. This is um, yeah, Doctor Richard B. Spence, Rick Spence, who's a professor of history at the University of Idaho, teaches this course. And yeah, like all of the Great Courses Plus uh, courses, there it is taught by a university standard lecturer who is selected specially for their expertise in the field and also their skill at lecturing and communicating ideas. So, uh, yeah, you can get a trial if you go free trial if you go to the slash probably. Uh, I know a bunch of you have, and uh, I hope a bunch of you more do as well.
0: Yeah, it's a great way to, if you have COVID free time, to fill that time with something you'll be happy you did later.
1: Yeah, and uh, let's all gloss over that curious grammatical choice I made in that previous sentence. <laughs> Wait, what did what did you say? I forgot. Uh, I hope a bunch of you more still now. Na- I don't know. It was like, it was like a crossword clue <laughs> nice. of a
0: sentence. <laughs> I think I want to learn about the Illuminati um, now. Maybe I'll I'll watch this and then just give Tony my Cliff Notes version.
1: Yeah, well, you're driving backwards from Joshua Tree as well. And the handy thing about the Great Courses Plus is you can jump between the phone app and the TV and computer interfaces. And you can pick up the lectures where you left off. So, yeah, you could use your couple of hours to and from Joshua Tree to L.A. to catch up to on finally crack the mystery three or four of
0: lectures in there. I'm going to do that. And by the way, like I said, if, if he does get a car, you'll never hear from me again. Because <laughs> I'm, <laughs> right, I'm just... in, I'm joining, and I'm stopping the podcast. I'm not telling a soul. But, uh, yeah, are you no. in any secret societies, Matthew?
2: <laughs> no, no, none. I'm, no. I'm Jewish. People think that is. It's like I, I, the only thing I can say about that is is summed up so well by that Onion mean, article of Jewish man feels left out of global conspiracy. <laughs> right. <laughs> right yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm like, well, I'm not getting any. Man, I could have really used.
1: That's right. A that's boost. Yet another weird thing we have in common in terms of like uh Americans not realizing we are Jewish.
2: Yeah, I. I mean, I'm oh. I'm one of them at this moment. Yeah. I, American doesn't realize you're Jewish.
0: Right. We, you, oh shit! As, until right now, well,
2: oh. I mean, uh, I probably knew that at some point, but I forgot. Yeah, and you, Kirsten, I, When I, I mention people,
1: have... go like, "Oh, yeah!" Like look at me and realize the name Kirschen is sort of Germanic and. Um, but yeah, in Britain, I think it's I'll, I I read as more Jewish. But in America, it's just too many too many things going on with me. I'm already English. You can't. You can right. only have
0: so many adjectives. Right? I'm already
1: in one category. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. British does that. It'll Throw it's you assume so many things about someone when they're British. None of them Jewish. Right. Despite there being a big Jewish history in the UK. What's awesome. Dreyfus? Was Dreyfus French or, or British?
0: Which Uh, Dreyfus?
2: The Dreyfus Affair. Wasn't that one of the big ones?
1: Yes, that that rings a bell. Yeah, okay.
2: What is the Dreyfus? Jewish mathematicians. Illustrious group. Hmm. Uh,
1: It was a a political scandal in the late 19th century. It divided the third French. No, that was French. Oh, my bad. Wait a second.
2: What about... Who are, the, who are the really, really rich... The Rothschilds?
0: Oh my god. Tony said he got a call from the Rothschilds.
2: <laughs> yeah, Rothschilds... Ooh, I think, then Ukrainian
1: that might be legit, Jews. because
2: they're actually one of
1: the real ones.
2: Yeah, they're super I powerful.
0: I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, so, it's, so it's I take legit. it all
1: back, yeah, actually. Yeah. It's real. It's real.
2: It's real. <laughs> if there's Jews involved...
0: Right. <laughs> oh, Tony. He's so funny. What's it like
2: out there in the desert? Are people just like off the grid?
0: Uh, it's definitely, you know, it's highlighting to me the urban rural, I mean, people think of things as red state, blue state, but you know, all the things that are those divisions are really urban and rural. And this has a lot of that stay off my land, uh, libertarian bent. Um, so there was a lot more skepticism about COVID at the beginning. Um, there was a loosening earlier, but to be fair, this County also has vanishingly few cases, even compared to its population. Um, like I think there have been a total of like 15 cases in Joshua Tree, which then again, I is only a that population, population. I mean, yeah, that, the, that, the yeah, town that itself is only
1: of how spread out you are, and
0: right, right. So you know, and it's seeming like more and more outdoor transmission is pretty rare. So yeah, so stores, things started to loosen up on masks, but now stores are just having their own policies to be like just fucking wear a mask. So yeah, it's not, it's not that bad. Just wear a mask inside. There are patios that I've gone to and eaten outside without a mask on, and I haven't felt too bad about it. But, um, no, it's a strange vibe out here, definitely. It brings a different That's kind of person.
2: My theory on politics is that the number one determinant of political affiliation over broad regions is population density and nothing else, which makes the totally. the, the fight seem so much less bitter. Yeah, even, even you know, cities in, in the reddest states still go blue because people are close together. Whereas when people are spread out, they go red.
0: Yeah, you look at those maps that are county by county, and it's not red state, blue state. It's just every, every place people live is blue, and all the empty spaces mm-hmm. in the middle are, are red. But and it yeah. makes sense also in terms of just like exposure to lots of different kinds of people. Like, you don't have a lot of, uh, well, I was going to say, if you know a lot of gay people, you're probably not homophobic, but that, that's probably true, actually. Yeah. Um, <gasps> Yeah.
2: Unless you know, like, one really shitty gig.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You need enough uh,
0: data points. <clears throat>
1: that was Holly sneezing in the background, by the way. <laughs> it's, I, I don't know if came up on mic.
2: It sounded it's like okay. a, yeah, yeah. to sneeze?
1: Bless you.
0: But, yeah, the urban-rural thing is very interesting, especially because even urban people, we we don't feel the right to, like, Uh, Talk about how urban values are good, and our American values. We still feel guilt about being urban, and we still have this like residual like, oh, if we were real Americans, we'd be rural. Like all of our popular culture is stories of the true values are the ones you find in small towns. Like no, I mean true values are inclusivity and are about you know bringing lots of people together and having them fucking work it out. You know.
2: Yeah, rural people get some
0: shit right though. No, I'm not saying. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I mean, I I wish
2: (laughs) I had more of that. I'm I'm jealous of people who can live far away from everything and not need constant validation on the internet and constantly be like digging up political drama and, and and, yeah, I wish I could keep a smaller circle of people in my life that I cared about instead of overextending to such big networks.
0: And it's easy for people to write off the South, but then you visit the South you're like, Oh, these people are fucking delightful. You know, like it's, uh, yeah,
2: yeah, they're excessively liberal in certain places
0: yeah but even if they aren't liberal whatever it's just yeah it's easy to write or, off yeah. a lot of different kinds of groups unnecessarily uh, well, but, uh
1: what, we, we are, what we are talking about like the elites and so on uh there was a story that i found on bbc's science news uh, science news pages um and i'll put it in the show notes there as well but i also emailed it through to us uh, uh about ireland's prehistoric one percent being discovered about Ireland? What? Yeah, the, the country of Ireland. Oh, oh, okay. I didn't hear the R. Rather than I- I-S-L-A-N-D. Yeah. I-R-E. And, um, DNA has been used to confirm the existence of an elite social class in the Stone Age inhabitants of Ireland. Ooh. It's one of the earliest examples of such a hierarchy amongst human societies. A key piece of evidence comes from an adult male buried at the 5,000-year-old Newgrange Monument. His DNA revealed that his parents were first-degree relatives, possibly brother and sister. Uh oh, he was one member of an extended clan in, that was buried as an impressive stone monument. Oh, sorry, at multiple impressive stone monuments across Ireland. The Irish elites were established during Neolithic times, when people first started farming. The researchers extracted DNA from forty-four ancient individuals from across Ireland and sequenced their genomes. Again, more sequencing of old stuff. The full complement of uh, the genome being the full complement of genetic material contained in the nuclei of cells. Evidence of incestuous unions like like that found at Newgrange are rare in human history. They are taboo for interlinked biological and cultural reasons. Where they do occur, is often within royal dynasties or dynasties, as Americans would say, that have been granted divine status. Brother-sister marriages are found among the pharaohs of ancient Egypt and the god-kings of South America's Inca Empire. Tutankhamun's parents, for example, are thought by some to have been full siblings. Among these cultures, rulers drew on aspects of religion to legitimize their power and wielded it it through the construction of extravagant monuments. Uh, Lara Cassidy, who's assistant professor at Trinity College Dublin said commenting on the genetic patterns seen in the man from Newgrange said I've never seen anything like it we all inherit two copies of the genome one from a mother and one from a father well this individual's copies were extremely similar a telltale sign of close interbreeding in fact our analyses allowed us to confirm that his parents were first degree relatives the Newgrange (laughs) monument yeah the Newgrange monument in County Meath is a kidney shaped mound covering an area of more than one acre it is part of a tradition of elaborate monuments built within large stones or megaliths in Atlantic Europe during the Neolithic. Older than it's older than Stonehenge and older than the pyramids of Giza. Damn.
2: Yeah.
0: The psychos- Can you imagine
2: that guy trying to pick up girls being like, hey, want to come back to my incest castle? <laughs> and she's like, It's my castle too, I'm your sister.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's kidney shaped. You don't know what one of those is yet. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, just the the Pinky bit, amongst the other pinky bits. The uh, It's older than Stonehenge in the Pyramids of Giza, and it, the site is famous for its annual sonar, solar alignment, where the winter solstice sunrise illuminates the inner chamber in a blast of light. That's very Indiana Jones. Yeah. The man's remains were laid in a richly decorated recess in the inner chamber. Uh, the prestige wow. of the burial makes this ve- very likely a socially sanctioned union, And speaks of a hierarchy so extreme that the only partners worthy of the elite were family members. That's uh, from Professor Dan Bradley, also from Trinity College. And Dr. Cassidy, who's the first author of the new study published in Nature, said uh, that it's an extreme example of what elites do. Marrying within your kin group allows you to keep power within your clan. But elites also break a lot of rules to separate themselves from the rest of the population. It's a bit chicken and egg. By breaking those rules, you probably make yourself seem even more divine. Yeah, this is the 1% all over. Um, remarkably, a local myth resonates within, with both the DNA results and the Newgrange solar phenomenon. The story was first recorded in the 11th century AD, four millennia after the construction of Newgrange, and tells of a builder king who restarted the solar cycle by sleeping with his sister.
0: <laughs> wait, wait. who Restarted the daily solar cycle? What is that? Mean. Uh, he, so... uh,
2: he was a god. Who was a god who saved the universe. The sun was going out, and he was like, "I have to bang my sister <laughs> to make the sun come again."
1: <laughs> yeah, I think
2: that's exactly what it
1: was. Like the sun didn't come for a few days or something, or maybe there was a solar eclipse, and he's like, <sighs> "Like the so- there was a, my guess is there was a solar eclipse or something like that, or it was just nighttime." And he's like, <laughs> "Hey, you know how the sun's disappeared? I've got a great plan on how to get the sun to come back." and it involves me banging my sister, and once I successfully do this, and the sun comes back, you will worship me as a god king.
0: Yeah, you god, gotta wonder weird. how... It's weird. Uh, yeah. How what? Guess, well, just, I guess, human generations being so long, maybe you just don't see the results of how dangerous inbreeding can be for, for a longer period. I, I guess the intuitive thing about keeping power within your family makes sense, but like... It's, that's got has gotta be powerful enough for us to override all of the innate things in us that tell us not to screw our siblings, you know.
2: Yeah. Um
1: by the way, the Middle Irish place place name, um so it's the name of the place in in the language Middle Irish, for the neighboring for the neighbouring Douth Passage tomb, uh it's Furti Chule. Apologies for the pronunciation there, and it is based on this law, and that could be translated as Hill of Sin.
2: Hmm. Mm. But Cousins was okay up until pretty recently. Yeah. Darwin,
1: Depending on whether you are, Cousins is still okay. And First Cousins is not that high risk. Second Cousins is very, very low, low risk. First Cousins yeah. is some but not huge risk. And I don't think it's illegal in most places.
2: Do you know, uh, my, my grandparents on my mom's side might have been Second Cousins. Um, do you know uh, how how the, the story about Einstein, the woman he was with? So Was she no? a double
1: cousin no. or something like that?
2: Yes, she was a double cousin. So whoa Einstein and his partner not only were their mom's sisters, their dads were second uh, were sorry, not only were their mom's cousins, their dads were second cousins. So very interconnected probably still not nearly as bad as siblings but just second cousins on one side first yeah. cousins on the other well, I very that's quite even
1: true, that's, that, I don't know what what the word is for that cuz true double cousins is when yeah two pairs of siblings so they're like it's like you're the first cousin twice so yeah so i marry you and my brother marries your sister that's double cousins and then our, our kids are as Genetically close as half siblings would be
2: half siblings, yeah, the crazy oh. part is if, two, if a pair of twins marries another pair of twins, their kids though though by family would be cousins it, it, gen- genetically they would be siblings with with the rare with, with recombination would be a thing that separated that, but you'd have recombination on yeah. um, so a little so, more recombination, but
1: so they would be genetically as close as true siblings
2: i think I think DNA tests would show them to be siblings, yes. Because they come from the same, whatever, uh, 46 chromosomes. Uh, uh,
0: yeah. Have pairs of cousins married and had kids? That must have happened at some point.
2: I mean, oh, ha- yeah. Have pairs of, identi- oh, have
0: pa- have pairs of identical qu- twins married other... Have two identical twins married two other identical twins and both procreated? That must have happened. That yeah. has to have
1: happened. That yeah. must have happened. Yeah, because... Yeah, I don't know. There is that weird thing of, like, twins... Identical twins do like find each other. <laughs> They're are, there are even gatherings of there's like twin gatherings. Yeah, I can, yeah. I bet you anything. There's at least. Hang on. If I put like uh, pairs of identical twins.
0: Matthew, pairs. have you seen Flora's Lava on Netflix?
2: No, I have not.
0: It's as ridiculous as it sounds. But one of the teams was a pair of identical triplets who are all dressed the same, and they have a very uh, cloying way of speaking to each other. <laughs>
2: That's so funny. I, there's um, there's a, a a set of identical triplets, one of them made the Olympic team. Oh, wow. Jay Litherland made the 4im? It's famous because both of his brothers were collegiate. Oh, uh, yeah, the last Olympics.
0: Swimming triplets.
2: And, and they were, like, they showed pictures of them, and you're like, I so rarely see identical triplets. That's so uncommon.
1: The
0: Litherlands? Yeah, That's Jay Litherland.
1: Uh, by yeah. the way, while you were looking that up, I found at least one pair of identical twins marrying each other. Uh, Brittany and Brianna Dean met... Here we go. They met Josh and Jeremy Sailors, both pairs of identical twins, and they met at the annual Twins Day Festival in Ohio. I told you, I told you they met at a twin convention. They were... They had their weddings together wearing the same wedding outfits at the following year's... twin. At this year's Twins Day Festival. Uh... And it was documented for a TLC special called Twins Marry Twins.
0: No, of course.
1: Great.
2: By the way, the four of them together, the world's least adventurous set of swingers.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, But also the most
0: adventurous at the same time. How does that festival festival take place in Ohio and not in Minneapolis-St. Paul? There's no excuse (laughs) for that.
1: Um. So yeah, and you are you are correct. According to this article, and if um, if they both have kids, I think they their children will be as genetically similar as full siblings would be from each other.
2: I wonder if DNA sequencing could determine if you were um, if you could know, if you didn't know who the father is between a pair of uh, twins. Oh, um, if if tests could even tell.
0: Like, I, if they, if they a gave birth question. at the same time, and I don't got know. And I know the there's hospital. been questions
1: about sort of um, if crimes are committed and whether DNA evidence can identify. And I don't know if it can. Oh,
2: wow. Yeah. I mean, there is what I would think is recombination. I, I, I believe. Are y'all familiar with recombination?
0: So, uh, let's pretend like we're not.
2: That might be the term for it. I hope, God, I'm going to get so fact checked. People listening listen to your episode, this episode are going to be like, God, I think I got a lot of stuff I believe random uh, random uh, exchanging of, of, of information between chromosomes can lead to you having a, a chromosome that's not identical to the one your parents gave you. Just slight differences. This is where... I mean, it's basically mutation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think it happens on a, a, a small enough scale that no one gets too hurt by it, but a big enough scale that we can adapt and grow as a species. So I wonder if there would be enough of that. Uh,
1: so here we go. Here's an article in... Uh, genetics.thetech.org the tech interactive is the name of the website oh it's a I think Stamf, it's a Stanford based website um, <clears throat> and the question was if identical twins have the same DNA how could you tell who the dad is and the answer is this is, a, this is an article from six years ago now so it's uh that there's probably even more up to date information on the costs of the test, but it uh, says until recently you couldn't a standard paternity test could not tell which identical twin might be the dad because uh, a standard paternity test relies on the differences between the DNA of two potential dads and identical twins have so few of these that most tests miss them but a more comprehensive test could instead of the usual fifteen or so markers that a standard test looks at you need a test that looks at six billion or so markers yeah six billion versus fifteen. It's quite a difference in order of magnitude. Uh, only then do you have a chance... By to the like time you
2: tested, the kid would already be in college.
1: Exactly. So you can only, <laughs> you can only t- get this much information from sequencing the entire set of DNA, the entire genome of the twins, of the twin, each twin, the mother, and the child. Until a few years ago, this would have been way too expensive, but nowadays, with the cost coming down, you could probably do something like this for tens of thousands of dollars. And this was six years ago, so maybe the cost has come down substantially further. I don't know. Hmm. They finally um,
2: busted all those twin crime pair duos. <laughs> Great.
1: So it does say uh yes, you you've probably heard identical twins have the same DNA. This is definitely true right after they split, but the right because they start off from the same fertilized egg, the egg divides a few times and then splits into two parts. One group of cells goes on to be one twin and the other cells the other twin. So they start off the same But then their cells divide millions of times before they are born. Every time a cell divides, it has to copy its DNA. Our cells do a very good job of doing that, but sometimes they make a mistake called a mutation. So each twin will have a few mistakes in his DNA that are unique to him. All of us are walking around mutations in some of our cells, and for the most part, they don't do much. But if we have mutations in our sperm or egg cells, they can get passed on to our children. Because of this, this, identical twins will have a few DNA differences, even though they look the same. And some of those differences will get passed on to their children. The idea would then be to to find spots on their DNA that one twin shares with the child but not with the other twin. With enough of these, the child's DNA will be a better match to the twin that is her dad. Mm. Uh these DNA differences have haven't always been so easy to read, but new technology has made it possible. It's also made it so we might be able to find the real dad even if identical twins are involved. And yeah, I'll I'll put a link to this story in the show notes as well because it's it it's really goes cool. on more and it goes yeah. into some it goes into some detail as to how it can be done. That's awesome. But, that's cool. Yeah, that's so yes is the answer, but not with a, not with any kind of standard DNA.
2: The, the perfect crimes.
1: <laughs> and I imagine something similar could potentially happen at a crime scene, except the difficulty with a crime scene is the sampling of the DNA that you're using is mm-hmm. going to be imperfect. You're relying on whatever's left behind rather than in a paternity test where you have the ability to as much collect as you yeah a high quality sample from or they person. run it
2: to the lab and they're like it looks like the burglary was committed by an 80,000 year old neanderthal
1: <laughs> <laughs> or it's bacteria there's no way to know um we should probably we should probably wind things up but um matthew
2: where can yes.
1: our, li- where can our listeners find you and the various things you do
2: Oh, uh, check out my uh, comedy on YouTube. Just type in my name, Matthew Broussard. And if you like that, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Monday Punday. Also, check out uh, mondaypunday.com, my webcomic for uh, pun puzzles. Yeah, I should. And, I, and mind games. I was going to mention
1: that at the beginning because that's the other thing you've often shown up to gigs with, other than oh, God, yeah. mathematical uh, quirks and oddities that you discovered. You will, uh, Do you do it every day? You i I
2: used to do it every Monday and I'm taking a little break right now oh, because of course, I was yes. running out of ideas yeah uh
1: but yeah it's a it's a cartoon a caricature a cartoon that has a pun the some t- some phrase that you have to solve
2: um, yeah it's,
0: it seems like the kind of thing wordplay puzzles
2: fit. you would i y'all would, y'all excel at them so
0: they're very fun uh, did you ever have a subscription to games magazine growing up or is that before you' too far before your time
2: I probably saw what you're talking about in like dentists waiting rooms
0: yeah yeah. I think it sort of fell by the wayside by the 90s already, so. But lots (laughs) of stuff like what you do.
2: Yeah.
1: So do all of those. You can find us at probablyscience.com. That's where we put all of the episodes in the show notes. You can also... Uh and also our donation buttons are there if you just go to the little donation tab at the top you can find both of our PayPal and Patreon links. Uh You can find us at Probably Science on Twitter Facebook slash Probably Science. You can find us individually on Twitter at Andy T. Wood at Matt Kirshen. Uh Write nice things about us on iTunes and uh Stitcher and any other place that you can review a show and tell your friends and spread the word and do all that kind of good stuff. We really appreciate it. Matthew, some, thanks so much for joining us.
2: Thank you so much.
0: Yeah. And, Keep uh, it crispy. Don't, don't forget to oh damn it now we got to pay half of our royalties to Pete Hobbs uh, <laughs> um, and don't forget to check out the great debate on sci-fi that's Thursdays at 11 hosted by Baron Vaughn friend of the show you'll see lots of familiar faces of panelists including Matt and um, yeah TJ that's and, and familiar I familiar
1: buddies apparently Dunno? so yeah yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. do check that out and sci-fi.com has the first episode for free viewing right now if you want to check that out too awesome. thanks sure, so much man.